Hello, everybody. It's Chandler Klebs here, and I'm with my friend Pafa Ortiz, who is finally able to join me. It was a little too early for him when I tried to contact him earlier. <laughs> he wasn't ready yet. Um, but yeah, we have we have been trying to set up a hangout for some time. We have a lot of stuff to discuss, and it's been a really long time since our last hangout, I think. So, um, Pafa, you wanted to um, discuss about the myths that we're trying to break down. Like, for example, the idea that humans have to drink milk. Like, because people are taught this. And it's, it's funny you mentioned this because a long time ago, I came across this weird video on YouTube. It was these, these two girls, like, well, there was this eight-year-old girl who was still breastfeeding from her mother. Her mother was still breastfeeding her when she was eight years old. And and so there's all these comments, you know how that is. And everyone's like, oh, this is disgusting. These kids shouldn't be breastfeeding at their age. And I'm like, people, that's the funny thing is, when you understand that humans are breastfeeding off of another species up into adulthood, but then that girl for drinking her mother's milk at eight years old, she's the weird uh, perverted one. Like, what's up yeah. with this? Yeah, it literally it literally just comes down to what is uh, socially acceptable and what is considered taboo and, and strange and unusual. Um, it is absolutely uh, like ridiculously strange and unusual that we're um, that we're still drinking breast milk on into adulthood, and uh, especially the fact that we're drinking the breast milk of another another species of a, a bovine animal. Um, and you've seen those. Um, social experiments where they're like uh, giving people uh, they're saying that it's dog milk. And then in the end they were, you know, they, it's really cow's milk, but they're just trying to say it's a brand new milk and it's, it's free range and it's organic and it's fresh and uh, certified non GMO. And people are like, mm, yeah, it tastes really good. It's, it's creamier. It's, it's richer. And then they're like, and then they show a picture and it's like a dog with the teeth and the, the, the puppies are milk, you know, they're being uh, nursed and the people are like, they spit it out, you know, and they're all freaked out and everything. And, and it's like, why? It's like, okay, so show a picture of a cow and then people are like, oh, yeah, that's okay because that's what's socially <laughs> accepted. That's, that's our culture is that we drink cow's milk and that's just the norm. But like it, it, none of it is normal. It's not even normal uh, for us to drink milk um, on into our, our teens and adulthood. That makes absolutely no sense. It's, it's destroying yeah. our, you know, the environment. It's destroying our bodies like – uh, you know, dairy, getting calcium from dairy is the absolutely, absolute worst source. It, it literally leaches the calcium from our bones. We, we, uh, urinate most of it out anyway. And it's, it's just, it's got all kinds of like, um, it's terrible yeah. side effects because of the antibiotics and the hormones, the growth hormones and the yeah. estrogen. Uh, guys are worried about soy, right? They think they're going to grow, grow <laughs> breasts because too much soy. There is no higher concentration of, um, of, animal estrogen and especially uh, uh, the reproductive estrogen then is found in, in dairy is found in milk products. That's the highest concentration of estrogen that can lead to, um, you know, abnormal, uh, you know, abnormal growth and, and just, you know, different, like, like a, um, an imbalance in our, in our, um, our chemicals, our hormones, because they're, they're pumped full of chemicals and hormones. They're, they're grown at a abnormally quick and uh, fast rate and, and they have these giant udders and stuff and it's all just for the output for, you know, for the milk industry, for the dairy industry. Um, yeah. So everything is just backwards. Um, but I, I would love to sort of 
deconstruct and, and explore and get to the root cause and the heart of that, of why people are so, so indoctrinated and ignorant when it comes to this stuff. I mean, I know why, but, um, but I, I want to find a, um, a more expedient route when it comes to uh, speaking to the public, because I was just dealing with this last night and having to construct and dismantle and, and give, um, you know, explanations and rebuttals. So all the justifications and excuses and logical fallacies and all of the, um, you know, the ridiculous, uh, sort of um, evasion tactics that, that people throw at us. And uh, I was just dealing with it, you know, 10, 15 minutes ago with Peter um, in that, in that discussion. Yeah. So, yeah. And I don't you know. know, it's interesting because there's so many layers to this. I mean, there's so much to discuss because there's the different reasons that people um, are still consuming these animal products, but a huge portion is just the fact that they believe that they need it. They think they need dairy for calcium when it's really it leaches calcium from. They think that they only get uh, protein from meat, and that's what my mom believed. She believed that, you know, and and it's like I heard that too. But you know, I I well, here's what frustrates me. And you know me, you've known me for a while, Boffa. What frustrates me is that my mind was so obsessed trying to believe the correct doctrines of Christianity so I didn't go to hell that I didn't have any brain left to consider the whole uh, eating yeah, of animals and what religious, what religious indoctrination. Religious indoctrination can be a huge distraction and definitely shuts down critical thinking. Uh, because you're actually it's you become really self absorbed. It's a very self centered um a mindset because you're constantly thinking about, am I good enough? Am I pure enough? Is God angry with me? Am I doing the right things? Um, you know, am I following the Bible as I should? Am I, am I a good Christian? Uh, and, and you have, the, and you're overburdened with all of these, um, these abstract, um, nonsensical, um, yeah. you know, fallacious concepts of, 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 of supernatural world of spirituality of, is the devil tempting me? Is that the devil's voice in my head? You know? So yeah, it, it's yeah. And, and, yeah. It right. gives us a very warped view of what is right and what is wrong. And people are, you know, people are focusing on bizarre issues they're focusing on whether or not a person believes in a creator of the universe as if that's actually that important of a thing. When I don't it's, think it's, it's I don't it's, think it's, it's important. as important as people make it. It's important according to their according to their doctrine, according to their right. to what they've been taught. Obviously, it's the most important thing according to what they've been taught. So Yeah. You can, and, you can, and, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, well, I, I, well, yeah, had a few more things I wanted to say. See, people, yeah, they focus on these certain issues. And, for example, the homosexuality issue it has been a big deal only because there's religious indoctrination that it's an abomination and God hates it. Mm-hmm. But what's funny about that is I used to believe that. You know, when I was a Christian, I thought, oh, yeah, I guess people shouldn't be gay. God doesn't like that. So I went from being that way to be being like, well, then why does God create gay people if he doesn't like them being gay? Well, they, they, they circumnavigate that because they say that no one's born gay. It's a choice. You know, it's yeah, a <laughs> choice. That's how they, they get around that. And it's free will. You believe in free will and all that. Yeah. And as you can see how I got into the whole free will debate because this whole matter of choice thing that people do, it's my personal choice, you know? And I'm like, 
I hate I've come to hate the word choice just because it's always an excuse for some evil someone's doing. Yeah, it yeah. seems like that. It's it's true. Uh, I've never thought of that. That it always comes down to personal choice. And someone, I don't know if it was George Martin. They they he made a post about it. George Martin is the regional um, organizer for the Anonymous to the Voiceless in the UK. And he was saying, um, you can use the personal choice argument to justify anything. It, like, it's my personal choice to rape someone. It's my personal choice to steal. It's my personal choice to lie, to, you know, uh, to, um, to betray someone, to, to do any, any sort of violence or, or unethical behavior. That is a personal choice. So saying that something is a personal choice has no bearing whatsoever on whether that activity or call to action is, is good or evil. So it, it means nothing. All I was going to say yeah. was, um, what you said earlier that the just look, look as with religion, um, uh, politics, um, you know, like all these, these, there's many things that can also distract from what is practical and relevant. So as you know, in, in my philosophy, it's, it's so basic. It's just love and respect for life, love and respect for, for animals and nature. Um, but, uh, you, you know, it's like, I'm trying to say, um, patriotism, um, cultural, the cultural significance, um, you know, these, these associations people have with things that, that help validate them or, or even you know, your hobbies, your personal interests, your sports, entertainment, your, your career, your job, all of these things actually detract and, de- you know, detour us from what is really important, which is ethics, which is how we treat one another, how we treat other, other living organisms. That's the most important thing. That's all that matters. And, Going all the way back to the original point, um, this is this is cultural indoctrination, and we're just literally dealing with brainwashing and um, people who uh, are, have been lied to all their lives, and they're not seeing, you know, what, what's really significant and important, and, and that's how we treat our bodies, how we treat each other, how we treat the earth. That's it. So they can use religion as justification. They can use the, the myths and, and whatever. I mean, it, that's, it, that's almost more of a reflex. They, they do it um, instinctively because they've been ingrained and indoctrinated um, to think, you know, uh, cow's milk, dairy equals calcium, uh, meat equals protein. Um, you know, uh, and even, and even the, um, the stigma that surrounds vegans that uh, vegans are, are unstable. They're, they're emotional, they're snowflakes, they're hippies. Um, they're, they're anemic, they're sickly, they're, um, you know, all, all these different things that, that, that go along with it because it's whatever people hear. Whatever you hear over and over becomes just part of your um, sort of the dialogue, the, the story that you tell yourself in your mind. Um, so we're having to deal with, um, with, with that, with just programmed responses is, is basically it. We're not talking to individuals who are like examining the issue critically and thinking for themselves. We're talking to the defense mechanisms the, the, the programmed sort of uh, concepts that are just already there floating in their minds because most people actually don't even think about this stuff. And so when uh, my mom just came home and she, and she's calling for me, um, keep talking while yeah. I, all right, sure. Well, hopefully we can continue uh, the, the, uh, the podcast, yeah. but I guess what I'm saying is like, we've got to find a way to actually speak to people and meet them where they're at instead of just having to, come up with all these rebuttals and, and, um, and deal with the defense mechanisms and stuff. Like if we could actually speak to people connect with their own core values and, and with who they are, with, with what the beliefs that they already have about, um, about compassion and empathy and, you know, uh, goodness and, 
and um, decency and respect, then then we can just help them connect the dots and say, well, if you love and respect cats and dogs and horses and dolphins and whales and and you're so concerned with the trophy hunters and things like that, why aren't you concerned with this other species, say turkeys, for example, say chickens, for example, or pigs or cows who are horribly abused? How's it going? Yeah, my mom made me bring in the stuff from the trunk. She had her friend take her shopping, so that's nice. That means I won't have to do it, but that means I had to run out in the cold in my socks and my T-shirt and shorts. <laughs> is it pretty cold where you are right now? It's, it's oh, raining it here, is, of course. Yeah, it's weather. freezing, man. It's so freezing in this place. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. So I missed what you said there, but hopefully it was our audience get it. Plus, I can always listen later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in um, brief summary, I was just saying that we're we're not actually talking to people. We're talking to all their reactions, their defense mechanisms. We're talking to the uh, you know the, the the preconditioned, programmed responses. And if we can just get past that, and and because it, it it tends to distract us as we're doing outreach or online activism and, and discussion and debate, we we take the bait and we get reeled in and we end up um, just exhausting ourselves, spending all this time and energy when, when really that person doesn't really think that way. That's just their, that's just what they're programmed to say. That's just the only thing that they, they know about. If you don't know very much about a subject, right? Um, just pick any subject, uh, physics or you know, astronomy, biology, whatever you, and someone starts bringing up talking about things um, in relation to that subject you're going to just respond based on what you've heard just on the, on the few examples of, of information or wisdom, what you, what you think is wisdom that you've heard from others along the way. That's the problem is mainstream culture is not educated. They're, they're just, um, they're just going off of what they've heard of, of hearsay of, of myths, cultural myths yeah. and, you know, just the common notions, which are all wrong. Almost everything we've been taught, about health, about nutrition, um, like about uh, the environment. I mean, it's it's completely wrong. Well, there's we're not a, really there's a Weird Al song for that. There's a song by Weird Al uh, for that where he says, "Everything you know is wrong. Black is white, up is down, and short is long. <laughs> you need to understand this. Everything you know is wrong." I haven't I haven't heard it, but yeah, I'm sure it's, it's, awesome. it's relevant. It's very like, relevant. Weird Al has always he's always done had great social commentary and, um, and through his through his humor and his comedy, um, made a great. Uh, poignant message there. Um, uh, see what what do I? I wish I wish we could just kind of crack open people's heads and look inside their minds and see where you know what they're drawing from. I mean, in a way, we we can if we can under, if we can psychoanalyze and understand human psychology. Um, but see what what they're drawing their their responses from their their information from, and just educate them, just re-educate them because. We've been educated, uh, but we've been educated wrong. Everything that we've been taught, you know, is is false, is incorrect. So if we can just help them understand that they've been lied to, you know, they've been duped, um, they've been misled, and 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 break down that that misinformation and um, present them with with new, compelling, factual information. Um, obviously, it's based on, you know, that's based on evidence and and, and you know, credible data and statistics and stuff we we have the information it's there it's just a matter of of sharing it of of just i i had to give like a speech last night um before we started like a pep talk and i was like 
All we're here to do um, is is share the truth. That's it. We're for the next three hours. We are here not for ourselves, not not for ego, not for any um you know selfish gain, um, personal glory. We're literally here for the animals, and all we're all we're doing right now is telling people the truth. We're just just sharing information. That's all we're doing. Think of it like that. You're not here to argue. You're not here to debate. We just have to communicate, um, you know, the reality of what of what goes on in, in factory farms and in animal agriculture all around the world. Go ahead. Yeah, and see, here's the thing: is there there's so many wonderful individuals and organizations that are explaining all this information. And, you know, there's, of course, there's the animal rights act, uh, activist groups that you can talk about what's done to the animals and that sort of thing. But then there's the people who focus on the health, which is also true, though not as important to me personally. You know, it's like, so, yeah. And it's like there's – I, I was just reading something on Facebook last night about how, about how somebody told uh, them that – vegans would die after a few years because they're not getting their nutrients. It's like, and then, and then people are commenting like I've been vegan 57 years. Like, you know, so let's, let's get into it. I mean, one of the cultural myths is um, that you need to eat animal products to obtain your vitamins and minerals and nutrients and, uh, and proteins, um, uh, complex carbohydrates and things like that. They're not created by animals. They're created in plants. Like there, there is no animal that produces protein. They literally, it's their body recycling the protein that they're that they're consuming from the vegetation that they're eating. The, the herbivores are eating the grains, and um, the, whatever the seeds, the alfalfa, uh, the hay, um, the corn, the the plant matter, and that and that gets you know um, converted in their body into protein, which fuels their muscles. And it's the same for us. So why would you want to filter? your the vitamins and nutrients and minerals through a tortured animal's body that's also you know um literally just filled with with fat and cholesterol and um antibiotics and growth hormones and and just all kinds of chemicals and and the pain and misery and and you know and actually the the, the filthiness of it i watched um the the just the the horrid conditions that these animals are, are living in I watched uh, Paul McCartney's, um, you know, Glass Walls video. It's a famous sort of short documentary. Yeah, I've seen that. He, he covers. Um, I, I kind of dismissed it at first because I, I had like three other short documentaries. I was like, well, here's just another one. But then I watched it again last night, and I thought to myself, wow, he really, um, he really stressed the uh, the the living conditions and and just the the horrid. Um, uh, you know, filth and, and contamination that these animals are exposed to and how they, they, they develop tumors and, and, you know, ulcers and, and like, like whether it's, um, uh, fish farms, chickens, turkeys, uh, pigs or cows, um, they're living in, in their own filth and their own excrement, like in their own feces and urine. And that causes diseases that you, you've seen the, um, the broiler hens, how they all the feathers are yeah. from the ammonia and from the fumes and from the, the, the chemicals. They have chemical burns because they're living they're, – they're literally sitting on their own feces at all times in those giant – and this is free range in these giant free range barns, um, even if it's not in the battery cages, which are also awful. Uh, so anyway, in, the, in this documentary, he really stressed that a lot, how um, like – you're, you think of these animals as food. These animals are being grown in their own feces, and then you're consuming that. That th- this can't be good for us, you know. And and the uh, the consequences are obvious. The the um 
the cancers, you know, cancer, diabetes, osteoporosis, um, liver, kidney disease, um, any, anything you think of, like all the greatest killers in our, in our country um, are, are directly linked to uh, consumption of meat, eggs, and dairy. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Yeah, and, you know, here's the thing about it that's so, so bizarre is, you know, people um, – like, and this is one of my particular issues because I saw that thread, but, you know, with Peter and all that. And this is my particular thing where I'm like, you know, people like us, um, we're called extremist or absolutist because we're just like, you know, let's do the simple thing. We don't have to breed them. We don't have to kill them because we don't need to eat anything from them. Very, very simple. You know, but other people like their view is much more complicated, and I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah, it's very convoluted, complex. Takes so much more. Yeah, um, and I actually want to dissect it a little bit because I'm trying to understand this. But here's the thing: they, it's like there's a certain amount of animal cruelty that's okay. Like there's a certain amount. Like, well, uh, let's get rid of the worst of it. Let's ma- let's you know make their lives a little bit more comfortable before they're slaughtered. You know, but not much. It's like how much cruelty is an acceptable level to you? Like, if, see, if all of it is unnecessary, then then all of it is unnecessary. I, I dealt with this last night, and a guy, and he was like, okay, well, what is the what what would be the most um the most ethical or the most that the we could get away? I was like. He was talking to um, another outreacher, and I had to step in. I was just like annoyed with it because I was watching it go on and on and on, and I was just like, "You're you're entertaining a, a notion that is um that is faulty from the start. Just just cut through all that bullshit and just say like all of it's unnecessary. So why are you trying to justify? You know, there's no right way to do the wrong thing. Like like it doesn't it doesn't matter how they're treated. It doesn't matter um what methods you come up with. It doesn't matter if you come up with a way to euthanize peacefully every single animal with an injection if you don't have to kill them in the first place. Okay? And and killing someone, taking someone's life is the greatest harm you can you, you can cause. It's it's the greatest um offense to, to completely take someone's life, right? Because there's no going back. It's it's irreversible. Um then then why are we doing it? Why are we doing it in the first place? This is okay, here it is. It's because they they already assume in their minds that it's necessary. It's because they already have it stuck in their head. Well, we have to do this, so let's try to find the, the, the most ethical, most humane way to do it. Let's circumnavigate that and let them know from the beginning we don't have to do this. It's, exactly. it's, not, it's not natural. It's not normal. It's not necessary. If we, example, if we get that in their heads, like, then the rest is – It's kind of like the synthetic meat thing. Like people have the idea that they have to eat meat, so then they want to grow it in a lab. And I'm like, wait a minute. You don't need to eat it, which is why the synthetic meat is a stupid solution. <laughs> Remember, Jamie, this is Jamie's go-to thing. He was he was like all about it. He was like, well, it's okay because in a few years we're going to have synthetic meat. And I was like, we don't need synthetic meat to give us uh, protein and nutrients. And, and you know, we, we have plants. We have the entire plant kingdom, 70,000 edible edible plants on earth, and, and you want to eat. You want to relegate your diet to just a few uh, farm animals, thinking you know, it, it's just it's just tradition and it's it's just conditioning, man. I'm gonna keep saying that over and over. We are dealing with 
a culture that has been brainwashed. We've all been brainwashed. We're, we're no better. Yeah. We're, and you, you know, here's, we're not above anybody. We, we were duped as well, you know, until we yeah. learned. Well, and here's something that's interesting. Now, Jamie, uh, I'm so proud of that guy. He, he's going vegan. That's his New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. And see, his thing in, in one of his emails that he sent to me, because he sends me, man, like 10 emails a day at least, you know. Um, but one of the things, you know, is that, see, he's going vegan. But he knows that other people aren't going to. And so that's why the synthetic meat is a good thing. And I see what I see his position. I understand this. The idea that like, yeah, people who who are will go vegan will. But then let's also provide other things that will slightly reduce the harm while people still are carnists. And I'm not against it, but it's just the it's just the. I think what it is, is I think it's kind of like, I think this might have been what Temple Grandin was thinking. I I think, you know, I don't know for sure, but it's a lack of vision. It's a lack of imagination because they can't envision a vegan world. They can't envision everyone going plant-based. So it's a form of compromise and it's saying, well, since it's going to, they're going to do it anyway. It's an appeal to futility is what it is, which is another logical fallacy. It's like saying it's the whole world's never going to go vegan. So let's at least do what we can for those people who are never going to, never going to be converted, you know, let's try and placate them. But I'm double-minded about the lab-grown meat because, of course, it's minimizing suffering. You're only using like one or two animals and you're taking the, the stem cells from them or whatever. You're still using animals, but they're not being harmed. They're not being killed. You're growing the meat. It's, it's definitely better for the environment, okay? But what does it do on a fundamental level to change the basic psychology of human beings who are already indoctrinated to believe that we need to rely on, on animal products. It's not doing anything. It's still, and and for those who can't afford it, for those who don't have access to it, once it becomes available, they're going to just go right back to the real thing. Like it's not doing anything to fundamentally change the mentality, the philosophy. And that's primarily my focus is, is is restructuring uh, the human, human psyche, I guess. And, and so, yes, it, it minimizes harm and suffering. It's, it's a good thing, but at the same time, it's not actually attacking the real problem, which is how we think. Yeah, and here's a, here's my thought about it. And this is kind of an analogy since I've been playing some Mario Kart recently with my friend Lucas and all that. It's kind of like imagine a person who doesn't try to get first place in the race. Instead, they aim for third place and just settle at third place. And after they and and they don't don't try to do any better than that. That's what I feel about about people who make these compromises. It's like, why not shoot for the best? Yes, we yes we will never uh, be perfect, and yes, there's always improvements to be made, and yes, it's true. Maybe the human race will all go vegan, but why would we shoot for less than the best? When you're shoot like if you're shooting um, an arrow at a target, you know, why would you shoot? For what you shoot, you'd shoot for the center, you know, because that's what you're supposed to do. Why would you shoot for somewhere off? Like, I don't get we, it. We should be aiming for a higher ideal. We've always every form of innovation, advancement, and in technology, every every um every bit of progress we've ever made as a species has come because someone had the courage and the imagination and the hope to dream and believe that we could do better. So that's what it comes down to: is we have to actually sort of expose people to the to the progress that we've made to the possibilities um and on the alternate side 
to the detrimental um, adverse effects of animal agriculture, show them that we're past the tipping point, that, that the environmental destruction, that the, um, you know, the, the diseases, the, 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 the damage to our bodies um, and, and our ethical and moral evolution as a species is all, you know, it, it's, it is, it is something that is so like obvious to us. We have to make it obvious to them. Um, the the negative aspects of this. So if we can do that, if if we can show them, and it's happening, it's 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 slowly but surely it's happening. And James Cameron's coming out with this documentary, um, you know, in a few months. That's going to be a game changer. It's called Game Changers. That's going to be a huge wake up call for people. Once Dominion comes out, and you've got all the aerial photos of factory farms just showing this vast, just fields and fields, the cesspools, the um. Just the extent of this systematic breeding and and um and 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 destruction of life and and all the environmental consequences. Once the general public, you know, uh, becomes aware of this stuff, they'll. It's like the twelfth monkey syndrome. You know, once someone somewhere else is able to do something, somehow we we are a, we are able to imagine that we can break those those prior um, limitations that we can move beyond. Um, those, those restrictions, those boundaries. Uh, and that's, that's all it is. So it's, I don't have hope in humanity. I never, I never did. I have hope. I have hope in individual humans and in nature itself as she pushes and pulls us to evolve, um, and progress morally and ethically. And so we are moving in that on a trajectory toward, um, you know, higher consciousness. It's just so slow going and we're right in the middle. We're actually on the, on the precipice. We're on the cusp of this of, of veganism as a as a revolution as a, uh, a universal movement so we may not see it in our lifetime but uh, yeah. we're, we're actually know, forerunners you know yeah here's an interesting thought now see here's the thing is a lot of people don't get me because well of course like you i have no faith in humanity that's why you know i'm anti-natalist and i just don't think anybody should re- be reproducing you know that and and here's the thing is that it's not because I'm anti-life necessarily, but it's just that there's no way to have – if there was a way for me to have people like you and and Jamie and the, you know, the other vegans, other, other great people, the most compassionate, ethical people I know, if there was a way to have you guys just live forever in harmony and, and, and <laughs> yeah, I mean th- if there was a way to I do feel, that. I feel flattered. I think there's a compliment there somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, there is, and, and, I, and I'll say this. There's a lot of other people that I don't do podcasts with me with um who will not be named <laughs> but because i found discussing things with them too frustrating but i still like them you know i still a lot of them they care about a lot of things some some people have 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 you know g- gone vegan as a result of the podcast i used to do and i'm glad of that even though it was too frustrating for me to continue. And so those are people that I would hypothetically grant eternal life to if I could, not that it's within my power, but the principle of the thing is I'm totally fine with those humans who have already um, become the best people ever, you know, with or, or those who are focused on it. Those who are, who, right. who care, who care about, um, you know, self, progression or, or, or you know yeah it's the, just the, the yeah, betterment of, our, of their character i want to i want to qualify one thing i said though it's not humanity I, I said i have no faith in humanity 
I'm saying it's not that I have no faith in the human race because it sounds like I contradict myself because then I say there's great people, there's there's individuals that come out of the human race. I'm saying I have no faith in human societies. I'm talking about yeah. human societies and the human human structure, the structures that we've built, the governments that we've created, the cultures that exist. I have no faith in culture or society. So it's much more biological and and um and intrinsic is is where you know i i put i place my stock and it's in it's in the the awareness that comes from uh the laws of cause and effect of of experiencing the consequences of our actions and that as you know is created by omnia by the universe has has put has instilled that in reality so that's what i have faith in that Eventually, you know, all species will will unite, will come together, will live altruistically, symbiotically. Um, that is my my hope and and my faith, I guess. Um, but I yeah. don't I don't necessarily think that it, it might be humans. It might be another species. It, it we we might kill us kill ourselves. We might destroy the planet. We might um, you know die out a natural disaster. Anything could happen. Um, I, I just believe in the trajectory. If that makes sense. That, that, yeah, that all, I, I all totally understand what you mean. Like. Because I've often said I have no faith in humanity, and of course what I mean is humanity as a whole and the way they live in their societies. It's yeah. not that I think that all humans are completely evil, just most of them, <laughs> just 95% of them. You yeah. know, There's we, just, we, we have to clarify that because people think as anti-natalists that we hate children, that we hate humanity. I mean – I just I hate I hate the actions of people. I, I generally yeah. dislike people because of their actions, and that's it. So it, yeah. we just and need see. To and here's the thing about it: is it's very ironic, Pafo. See, here's the deal: is I love babies, I love children, I absolutely do. But the reason I don't want them to exist in the first place is because they will be taught by their parents and by society to become the monsters that most of the other adults do. And it's you like love, you love just because you actually, I like. Yeah. You don't want you don't want children to you don't want humans to breed because you care about humans. You care about the experience that they're what they're going to undergo, what they're going to endure. Kids getting bullied, yeah. kids getting picked on, kids getting abused, neglected, uh, you know, living in 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 squalor in, you know, a dysfunctional um home life, you know, situations like that. Yeah. You, and you and actually and care and more about about their their experience, their suffering than than those who are like, "Oh, I just want to make a baby and It'll bring us yeah, together. Exactly. It'll make the world better. And I just want to love and nurture and care for something. And it's like, well, that's a, a biological imperative. I mean, we can we can overcome that. I mean, I it's, might want to like, like rape well, a girl, but I'm not going to do it. I I have to keep myself in check. Same thing. Keep yourself in check. Yeah, exactly. And see, that's the thing is this: the discussions about whether or not people have children are almost all the times framed in terms of what pleasure it causes to the parents or not. There's no consideration for what those children are going to suffer or what they're going to do to others. No, they'll tell themselves they're thinking about their kids, but really it's, it's always for selfish reasons. There's no, there, there is no unselfish reason to, to, to procreate and reproduce. Um, that doesn't mean you can't be a parent, you can't adopt or you can't care for the, the, the life forms that already exist. But to bring more life into this world makes no sense. We're on a sinking ship. It makes no sense to start a family on a, on a, on a ship that's burning and, and is sinking right now. We need to like hey, – you know, Let me tell you about the mouse. I, I, I got to tell you about the mouse. Okay, so mouse. I was working at Hy-Vee bringing in the carts, 
and outside the store, there was this mouse. And you know what? It was below zero out there. And that poor mouse, it must be so cold. And it was running around looking lost and confused. And it's like, man, I wish I wish I could take uh, take in that mouse, give it a it, let it be warm, feed the mouse. It would be my, you know, it'd be it'd be kind of like a pet just to, to do that. I'd love because I don't want the mouse to be out in the cold. And of course, I can't I, I couldn't do that. The mouse ran away while I was still working, of course. But like that's the thing is our attitude should be where we want to improve the quality of the lives that are already here, whether they be a human or a mouse or a cow, whatever the case may be. And of course we can't do it for all of them. There's too many, but it's sort of like, sort of like the starfish story that people often mm-hmm. reference, you know, yeah. that one, it makes a difference. And yeah. so we're all about respecting life, but, but we can explain why we're not about just procreating like people do. Your mouse story remi- reminded me of my mouse story when I was working in a, um, in a restaurant, Harpoon Larry's uh, in Virginia Beach. And uh, I don't even know if this is going to depress you or, or what it means. I'm sure I can kind of tie it into something uh, inspirational if I tried. It's, it's really sad. It's, it's sad to even remember. I'm, I'm a dishwasher, right? And I'm, I'm just doing my job and doing whatever. And I'm in the kitchen and um, – uh, they mentioned something to me or they, they're, they're, I hear the guys like the cooks talking about something. They're kind of laughing about it and whatever. And then one guy's all like grossed out. Anyway, come to find out, I, I, I go over there when I'm on break and in the corner, you know, behind the shelves on the ground is a piece of the sticky trap, you know, the glue trap. And there is a mouse. Okay. That has been trapped and it's completely stuck and it's, 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 you know, it can't move. It's immobilized and it's, it's pulling and it's like, it's all twisted up. And, and I look and there's blood everywhere because it was pregnant. And as it got trapped on the the glue paper, the glue trap, it gave birth. And so all these little, little baby mice are all stuck in the glue as well. And they're all twisted and their legs are like from trying to pull away. They're they're They just look like it, it was a nightmare. It was horrible. And and there's no hope. I mean, I, you can't do anything. Those glue traps are just deadly, and they're they're horrifically cruel. So the guys are all laughing about it and stuff. And I had to go back um, off, you know, my break. And I was just like, no, I, I got to do something about this. I can't. I can't just let them like suffer and, and go through this. It's excruciating, and it, it was just horrible for me to see it. Um, and I did the only thing that I could do. Uh, I took it outside and I had a bucket of water I filled with water and I just submerged the whole trap and I, I put like a, like a brick over top of it and I just drowned them. And that always stayed with me that, that experience of kind of the apathy and this, the callous um, lack of compassion of my, uh, my coworkers and, and what I did because what I did is one of the only the one and only excuse for ever taking a life is uh, out of mercy to, to, to give an animal, a human, whatever, a, a merciful death to, to try to, you know, save them from, from suffering is, you know, you, to euthanize them, uh, a mercy killing essentially. And I always remember that. And I always tell people, I'm like, you know, you get a humane trap, do something else. Um, po- you poison mice and then cats and other animals, birds will eat the mice and, and it, it passes into their system and they'll kill, it, you'll kill like natural, um, 
you know, the natural life cycle there is, is getting disrupted or, or these horrible traps. I mean, um, that slammed down the spring activated. It's just terrible. So I'll always remember that. And just that, uh, that, that image in my mind of all those babies, um, just all twisted up and, and stuck to that glue. It was, it was horrible. I mean, humanity created that, that, that yeah. glue, that, that, that evil is created by our lack of compassion, by our selfishness. Um, I'm, now I'm thinking about mid, the middle ages and like medieval torture devices that were created to extract confession. Human beings are the worst species on this planet. There's, that's not even an argument. Like it's, it's the truth. We have yeah. caused more violence and suffering and harm than any animal that has ever existed ha- has ever caused because we know better because we have the capacity, uh, you know, for ethical behavior because we have, um, moral agency and, and, and we can, we can make better decisions and we don't have to, um, you know, kill and torture and whatever to survive. So that's what makes it wrong for us. It's not wrong when animals eat other animals because they don't know any better. And it's, it's, they're doing what they do for the sake of survival. We do everything we do, uh, for selfish reasons, you know, for entertainment, for, um, you know, you know, for, for pride, um, for, for selfish, you know, gratifications for palate pleasure and and there's no justification for any of it so i've yeah. never understood hunters i've never understood you know mouse traps i've never understood the idea of even poisoning ants and things like that there's ways that you can and beehives that are in your house there's ways you can you can um, take the animals out you know without harming them i mean we are the ones who are imposing on them they were here long before us and, and we're we've encroached in every natural you know, habitat and environment, you know, uh, we're, we're the marauders, we're the, the oppressors, we're the pirates, we're the, yeah. you know, the, the slave owners, like we're, we're, we are the ones who are causing the harm. So that doesn't mean I hate myself, but I'm saying this, this uh, predilection for intellectual progress for, for the capacity we have to create technologies and, 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 yeah. and you know, what's interesting and works against that- us. We haven't evolved consistently with our, our ethics and morals and values are not in line with our intelligence. So, yeah, well, and here's yeah. the thing about it. Back to what I was talking earlier about religion, you know, how it gives people a warped view where people, they believe certain things. They believe in God. They believe the Bible and they go to church and they think that makes them a good person. Therefore, it's like. But they, they're not considering their actions. It's almost like their actions and what they're doing don't even matter. And that's what I find the most bizarre thing is that your actions have nothing to do with what, whether or not you're a good person or whether or not you go to heaven or hell or whatever bullshit you believe, you know. And it's like the, the belief is, 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 is held up. It's just believing just the right thing, saying the Lord's Prayer, uh, believing in the gospel, believing Jesus died for your sins somehow that uh you know takes precedence over uh right and wrong behavior and even the fabled jesus in in his messages and stuff he was saying he was going against that you know he was saying it, it you know religion that's pure is to look after orphans and widows and stuff like that that's in the book of james but um you know there's there, there is what's that there's some good stuff in matthew as well oh, yeah but, the sermon on the mountain stuff and but the religion itself of Christianity, what you're talking about, where the focus and emphasis is on um, right belief and, 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 you know, specific doctrine over 
over our actions, over our good or bad or ethical, moral behavior. That came from uh, the institution of the church itself. Like, let's find a way where we can control people, um, make them feel guilty, you know, make them afraid, um, make them feel better, you know, present a disease, a made up fictional disease, and then present the cure. And now we have control over everyone and they have to rely on us for, um, for the, you know, the absolution of their sins. And, and, and dependence on the church and dependence on this, this institution, this religion. Yeah, uh, it's the doctrine. institution itself, the institution that is criticized by the rest of the world. It's not – no, like seriously, people who don't like Christianity are not even against Jesus. Like seriously, like I, I've, never, mm-hmm. I've never complained about, about Jesus. It, it's like well, I, I have some I have some issues with him, but yeah, <laughs> no, it's well, what's been done. It's what's been done in the name of Christ. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's the the way. Yeah, the point is, it's all about what's been done by people who claim to follow Jesus. And, and in my opinion, if there was anything, any kind of man that Jesus is based on, uh, the story is based on at all, he was just a human who was not perfect, was not God, whatever. Anyway, so it's you know, I don't care about that, and I've never, dis- never once have I discussed. Um, whether whether with people about whether or not Jesus existed, my issue is all about you know people do terrible things because they believe what this ancient book says that they were told as literal truth. Mm-hmm. It's all about the actions, and that's our complaint. <laughs> this, I mean, we we keep getting back into the religious thing. Um, I guess this is what's been bothering you. It's on your mind a lot, but yeah. Um, how, how can I say it? Um belief in delusional beliefs in a supernatural world and a transcendent reality take take all the focus and emphasis away from this reality from practical um situations and and experiences and that's where that that's where we that's where every other animal on the on the planet is uh is focused on on survival on on pleasure and pain on um you know on on existence on on living and thriving um on 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 just you know uh, day-to-day stuff and i i I keep coming back to this human beings are too abstract we have we have fallen into pseudo-intellectualism and and a level of abstraction that um uh, you know that completely detours us from from the real priorities of life which is to respect existence to respect uh, you know uh, the the multitude of of um of life forms that that we share this planet with. Like we are solipsist solipsistic. You know we are too self self absorbed. Like far too self absorbed. Oh, by the way, did you see my shirt? Uh, oh, weird. What? It's hard to tell what it is. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of light here. Hold on. Um, it says um, respect existence or expect resistance. And it's got like cows and there's like a a goat there. There's a pig there. Uh, It's anti-carnist, anti-carnist website. They, um, they sell all these kind of like, like death metal looking shirts. They look like, like some kind of like band logo, but it's really just, um, you know, like a vegan activist uh, group. There you go. Oh, wow. You know, respect existence or expect resistance. Like you want to know why vegans can't shut up about being vegan? Um, Because, society in the world can't stop killing and abusing animals when once they stop killing and abusing animals we have nothing to complain about like the the, the whole the whole 
reason that we are um we are up in arms and we're upset and we're emotional or we're uh you know we're out there uh protesting and advocating and um and fighting for animal rights is because you know 60 billion land animals are being slaughtered like like uh, like a trillion fish are 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 being um harvested and and the, the oceans are dying and our planet is is you know systematically being destroyed the rainforests i mean every ecological environmental problem you can think of um the the greatest culprit is animal agriculture it's the food we eat yeah and we need to stop thinking of animals and the bodily secretions as food um maybe in ages past yeah. maybe we needed to rely on it but not now not in the present not anymore yeah, it's it's very weird the fact that people are consuming flesh and milk from cow boobs and the menstrual cycle of birds and and bee vomit. It's like <laughs> when you find oh, out what I, this stuff is, they'll say they'll say, "Oh, don't use language like that. That's just you know, you're trying to you're trying to uh, you know that that's you're trying to instigate emotional reactions and responses, but it's like, no, what the rest of the stuff that we say, those are euphemisms. It really is bee vomit. It really is the oval fluids of, of a, of a, of a chicken. Uh, you know, of yeah. it, it really, it really is the mammary secretions of a bovine animal. Like what, what you call it is just the name that society has, has come to call it. And it and also depends on how it's prepared, you know, um, uh, roast and yeah. bacon and, and, now, yeah, and that's sausage, you know, but it, it really is just dead and, animals, and dead animal parts. And, and here's a thought about it, Poffo. Why is it so often that meat is covered over with breading over it so you can't even see what it is? Ever wonder that? Yeah, the, the further we get from from what the uh, the product actually is, the, the, the easier it is to, um, to accept it, to ingest it, to, to normalize it. Like it's this package process thing that looks nothing like – what it was in its original form. Like nobody sits there with, uh, I mean, some people there's that tradition of like this medieval tradition of having the whole pig. And even that, I grew up watching it in cartoons and the apples in the mouth, you know, it's on the table. It's the centerpiece and, or it's on the, it's on the, um, the, the the spick, what's it called? The, um, they're, they're, they're rotating it over hot coals. Like, like you see the whole pig and that has been normalized and it's like, Oh yeah, it's a pig. It's a feast. Um, but put a dog there in its place, put a human in its place, and people are horrified. Put put another animal that we love and care for, you know, in that same position, and all of a sudden we realize how wrong it is. I do this often. I, I, there's a mind, there's a, a mind, a meme that says, um, you know, a different culture, same evil, and it's a dog with a skewer going through it, and a pig with a skewer going through it, and and they're both being roasted over a fire, and it's like, what's the difference? What's the difference to, to that animal? It still went through horrific pain and suffering. You know, you're you're still unnecessarily consuming, you know, violence and death. And and what's the difference? It's just tradition. Well, that's what pigs are for. Well, that's what we have told ourselves, and we have like uh, co-opted and, and appropriated this species for that purpose. Um, and that's yeah, that's what goes on in culture. But who ever decided that that was the right thing to do? Um, as it was with slavery, the oppression of women, um, you know, the, the, the forced, um, forced labor for children, as it was with, you know, uh, uh, ridicule and, and persecution of homosexuals. Every single one of these violations in, in human rights, um, it, it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's the next 
it's the next stage is, is, uh, you know, doing away with, um, animal exploitation and animal use. It's not just how they're treated. It's not just that we give them a good life in the pasture and then we, you know, we quickly slit their throat. It's the fact that like we're doing it at all. It's the fact that we're, we're using them to begin with. We should not be using other creatures, other animals for our own selfish purposes. That's what, that's what makes it wrong. Not, not just yeah. you know, processing. Good. And, and see, there's the, there's two things going on here. And psych, psychologically, I get this. See, on one hand, like we all have subjective um, views of different species as being more important to us. And I, and I admitted that in my last video, like some animals I just plain like more than others. And, and why, and there's a reason, but the, you know, there's some, there's some actual logical reasons to some of it too. So to a certain extent, there's speciesism and people have, have a certain preference for some animals over others. But at the same time, we can have the understanding that there's not a real difference between the suffering of one animal or the suffering of another, you know? And, and, the and way, so the they're both that, going on. The same in all the ways that matter. And all the ways that matter were the same. We never had that episode. We were going to have that episode about the hierarchical nature, remember, with Gaius? And he was he was trying oh, to make yeah, those we points. Oh yeah, to do that sometime. <laughs> yeah, that's really that's really important. That, that, that of course we make distinctions. Uh, the value of my mother is not the same as the value of the ant that I saw in the bathroom um, earlier today. But I'm not going to kill that ant, and I'm definitely <laughs> not going to allow anybody to hurt my mom. But the point is, it's it's not on the same level just due to yeah. association, just due to the. Um, so the, the biological uh, connection that's there, uh, of course we make those distinctions, but that's a conversation yeah. that doesn't even need to be said. That's just, um, that, that's just yeah. a given. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it will be interesting because it reveals a lot about people's psychology and how they think about this. But yeah, that's not even a big important issue there. And see, here's what really irritates me is when people try to use things like that as sort of a red herring, sort of a distraction. For mm -hmm. example, you know, Peter, he said some outrageous things, something about vegans focusing on on insects or whatever. And I'm like, how oh, often are we even talking about? Only only him. He's like only we, we almost never. He, he brings up clams, lobsters, insects. Every conversation. I've never mentioned it in one conversation. He's the one that brings it up. It's, it's a straw man, actually. It's a straw man argument where he's continuously setting up an outlandish or it's phrased in an outlandish way so that he can knock it down and say, see that I'm, I'm, I'm discrediting your, your, your movement, your philosophy, because, you know, I'll never see, he, he phrases it in a certain way so that it, but it's just a straw man. It's so stupid. And, and I'm like, yeah. And see, here's the thing. Go ahead. People, there are people who there are people who say, well, nobody's vegan because you, you might step on an ant when you walk through the grass. People have said that to me. <sighs> And I'm like, come on. I mean, it's like like we've talked about before. People are like, because we can't avoid all harm that we might cause, that we're going to – that. therefore, that's a justification for us to cause as much harm as we want. We talked about this. Like it's what? Like, it's like they, they go to these extreme examples of things that are, that are impractical, that are, that are nonsensical, that are, that are impossible in order to invalidate and discredit what is possible and that's what they don't see we got to get past this i think it's because deep down inside they don't think it's possible that that's it you're you're coming at them with something like world peace 
world peace. We're, we're trying to have world peace tomorrow. And so they're going to be like, we can't, of course everybody wants that, but that's not going to happen. So, I mean, the best we can do is just try and be kind to each other. And, and you and I, to, in their minds, are like, we're like saying, no, completely eradicate, you know, all nuclear weapons, all the arms race, um, all violence, world peace is going to happen next week. And that's what they're hearing in their mind when we say when we say go vegan. They're they're thinking world peace. It's impossible. It's it's ridiculous. It's 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 crazy. Like it it'll never happen. And the funny so, thing is, so they're responding. Here's what's so ironic about it, Poffo. Yeah, yeah. What's here's what's funny about it, Poffo, is that it is possible if people would agree to it. <laughs> We're not asking. We're not asking for something that's actually impossible. Like, like, um, let's see. I need a good example. Like, real, real like quick, anything in outer not, space. Anything that's not anything that has not been normalized in our culture seems impossible. That's what it comes down to. Anything that has not been popularized and normalized and socially accepted seems out, outlandish yeah. and improbable and impossible. That's the problem. Exactly. For example, people criticize us for being idealistic and they say, well, we should be practical. But I'll tell you right now what practical means, Poffo. Uh, practical means accepting everything the way it is and just going with how everything is now. That's what practical means. You know, it, it's like you mean, you mean it's, just, it's just a lazy according way. To, you mean according to them, like that's what that, in their minds, that's what it means. It yeah. Just means status quo. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what it, that's what the way they use it indicates to me that that's what it means. And so, like for example, a long time ago, when people were were trying to get the black people to not be slaves anymore, people probably would have called them ideals and said it wasn't practical to free the slaves. Absolutely, absolutely. They you said know, they fought for. It. They said this is the you know the slave owners. You're, you're gonna they're gonna be out of work they're gonna it's gonna it's gonna destroy the economy um the whole country's gonna collapse they said all the same excuses um because it had been so normalized and they had been they had become so dependent on it um and and they they were even they made arguments that um you know they cared about the slaves where would they go they wouldn't be able to function they wouldn't be able to exist and and provide for themselves they just like we say if we let all the animals go they're gonna live a horrible life they're gonna get eaten by predators anyway it's Oh man, yeah, yeah. Um, now I need to use the restroom, uh, but you probably want to continue this hangout a little bit longer, don't you? So maybe I should go to the restroom and come back, or yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Maybe I'll ramble on a little bit while you're going. <laughs> and, um, and you can entertain our audience. Sure. <laughs> man, I, I am just it, it. I'm flabbergasted. It's just it's so frustrating, and. It's so incessant, the same excuses, the same justifications over and over and over and over. It's like they're all reading from the same playbook. Like they've, they've got like a source that they go to and it's like, what, what do I say about this? And somebody tells them and they're like, okay. And they come back and they tell us the exact same thing that 15 other people before them said, you know, the same thing. So are we in denial of the truth or are they just brainwashed? I don't think that we're in denial of, of the truth because every single argument that a meat eater, a carnist, a non-vegan, an omni, an omnivore, um, a behavioral omnivore would say to us, um, we've already dismantled, deconstructed, and exposed 
you know, t- t- just to be an excuse, a rationalization, a justification, a logical fallacy, a cognitive distortion, um, a defense mechanism. Every single objection to veganism falls under one of those categories. Heard, I've never heard anything new. Like, like for the last like year and a half, I've heard the same arguments again and again and again. And they're not even arguments; they're just excuses. Just talking about the uh, the excuses and justifications and how it just they're all the same. Like I've not heard one single argument. One was a little bit difficult. Um, was the idea of uh, their personal experience that they say that they have a they have a disease, they have a sickness, they have um, celiac, or they have Crohn's disease, or they have um, you know a gluten a gluten allergy or something, and then they're not able to eat um, what you know vegetation or things with fiber in it and stuff like that. So it gets a little more difficult, but it's not impossible. I've met vegans who have all of those ailments who are who are living and thriving, and they're like, it's just you just have to be a little bit more selective and a little more careful. And a, a girl last night was saying. My doctor, I've been to four different, um, you know, uh, physicians and nutritionists, and they've told me, you know, that I have to have meat, I have to have protein in my diet, and that was the only time I did better was when I started eating meat again, you know, and I, I tried vegan, and I was just, I was extremely ill, and sick. and I was like, I say the same thing, I'm like, could it have been other, could there have been other factors that contribute to this? Um, I mean, I didn't say this, but I'm like, how much of it was psychosomatic? You know, you've been taught and been raised. I know a lot of, you know, tough manly men from the South, they, they associate, uh, masculinity with, with meat eating, you know, with hunting and fishing and, and killing and eating beef and steak, you know, it's an Arby's. We got the meat. Yeah. No wonder I went vegan. I'm not yeah. masculine. <laughs> let's say, let's say it was, it wasn't a problem. It wasn't as much of a challenge and obstacle for you to go vegan. Yeah. Because you had, there was no threat to your mas- masculinity because you're not masculine or feminine. You're the, you're the floating unicorn. <laughs> that lives in space. Yeah, I'm the thirty year old <laughs> I'm the thirty year old man who wears a pink shirt and watches my little pony. <laughs> I mean you're you're not you're not harming animals and you're 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 you care about um compassion and, and kindness and um and you're you're you know you have empathy and that's all I care about, man. And you're intelligent and you're smart and you care about the things that matter. So that's how I judge a person um based on their character not necessarily their aesthetic. Um, even though you're kind of like a cartoon character, Amber says that too. (laughs) You you kind of have, well, you know, what's funny about this, you know, what's funny about this Poffo is you see, um, I came to notice that in general, women tend to have more empathy than men. We were talking about this last night. The the most vegans here are are females. They're females. Yeah. There's, there's something to be said for that. And, and I do think that is because compassion and kindness are discouraged in men by society. Yeah, I was going to say – it's, it's, it's like they're, they're taught – It's not that they're incapable. I, I'd say the society, the conditioning of society, their environment has has suppressed and denied the, nur- the nurturing uh, – this, this has to do with gender um, – uh, gender roles, you know, that the, the nurturing, loving, compassionate, yeah. more sensitive um, aspects of because because all males and females, whatever, no matter what your sex, no matter wh- what you are, if you're a human yeah. being, you have a little bit of both, you know. But it's our it's our culture, it's our society that uh, that propagates this, uh, you know, how men should act, yeah. how women should act. Yeah. And see, what? here's the thing about it is that now, like. There might be – there may or may not be some biological role in this, but I'm going to say the cultural conditioning 
um, how people are raised and how they're taught in society has most, if not all, to do with the differences yeah. in behavior between men and women. Because yeah. there's a greater impact is is the, is cultural, you know, the their environmental the environmental factors. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's yeah, it's really it's really interesting. And but the, but it is interesting that there are more female vegans. That's just a very interesting thing. Uh, and, and ironically, last night we actually had the greatest the, the largest turnout of males um, that we've had in a long time. And it, it's good. It's growing. I think we had like 15, 16 people. Uh, and I think the, the balance there was a good guy to guy to girl ratio, uh, male to female um, ratio, which is which is good. Um, but it was something that I've noticed since I've moved to Portland, especially. I mean, it's also, you know, uh, a, a kind of a um, a melting pot of a lot of in- intersex people, non-binary, gays and lesbians, and um, you know, people, uh, uh, you know, people in transition. A lot of trans transgender people. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's mostly females, and I I I wondered, you know. What, what's what's going on with that or or gay males um it's it's a strange thing i mean uh is is has sensitivity and and kindness uh really become you know so taboo <clears throat> that it's not i mean we, we we show it to dogs and cats um you know macho manly men show it to their to their to the animals that are socially acceptable to show compassion to you know this the selective compassion as i call it yeah. um but but we don't we don't show it to those animals that we don't think about but there's that too that that none of this most of this is not nefarious and and intentional um people are not evil per se in their consumption of animals and animal products they are um they're conditioned as i've said a 100 times but they are just out of sight out of mind they're just not thinking about it like I never thought about. It. I was an animal lover yeah. my whole life, and I never thought about the experience and the suffering of pigs, of cows. I never thought about it until I was exposed to the information. But with every bit of exposure to that information on every stage, at every level, as soon as I learned something, maybe like a, I went through a, like a week or two of, of sort of cognitive dissonance, and I felt bad for the piglets and stuff because I liked bacon because I ate a lot of bacon sandwiches and th- you know things with with. Uh, with pork in it or, or whatever. But uh, as soon as I learned, um, like it changed me. I allowed it to change. I, I, I didn't deny it because I, there may have been a predisposition there because I was so focused on ethics and morality as a Christian. And, and so much of my life was devoted to um, 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 uh, personal self-progression and, and personal growth. So I may have had that predisposition that I want to, and of course, uh, biopantheism. I mean, of course, you know, that was, was leading the way. Like I was in a position, um, where I was, I was establishing a, uh, a philosophy and, and trying to, trying to promote and, and encourage and, and educate others in, in a, a philosophical concept that is, is entirely based on, on ethics and morality and, um, and, and the most accurate, um, uh, the most accurate way of thinking, the most um, uh, sort of biologically um, consistent, uh, um, you know, uh, way to live as a human being. So, of course, so veganism was just like a no-brainer. Like it, it, it directly led me to veganism. Yeah, and it's it's very interesting. And 
there's many roads that lead people to veganism. And it's it's very interesting hearing people's story, how they came to it, because everybody's got a different story, don't they? You know, with you, it was like the biopantheism philosophy. And with me, it was the whole pro-life thing. With yeah. somebody else, it might even start out as a health thing. Um, yeah. And, and, and here's something to be said for that. Now, while, of course, I think it misses the main point, the main reason is for the animals. Um, once a person has already given up those products because they're trying to improve their health, well, then when they come across uh, the real harms that those products are causing to the animals, because they're not consuming it, they're not going to feel guilty for it. Therefore, it's going to be easier for them to then go on to become an animal rights activist. Gaius, Gaius makes this point all the time. He says that um, we should really promote the health aspects first and then allow people um, to sort of organically, naturally, um, as they discover the harm and the cruelty, then they'll, they'll, they'll have more of, of a motivation and impetus to, uh, to, to remain vegan. Um, but like with, with AV, um, with Anonymous for the Voiceless, they tell us that that the focus, the emphasis, should always go back to the ethical side. We should we should stress. I mean, we're showing the cruelty and the barbarism and, and the brutality, um, and and like we need to let that be their sort of emotional um, uh, foundation, so to speak. I mean, emotional, not in a, not in a bad way. I mean, uh, like like that we need to to base this on emotion. If we don't feel any emotion, if we cut ourselves off. Um, and desensitize ourselves to it, then we're not going to, we're not going to act compassionately. We're not going to behave morally. Um, so it's very important that people have that emotional connection that has to do with the animals. And I, I just don't think that to, um, to, to go at it from the, from the route of, of, you know, the health aspect, it's, it's not the same. I would not be a vegan if it was just for, for health reasons. Yeah. I wouldn't be a vegan if it was for me. I don't even think I would be a vegan. I don't even think I would be a vegan if it was just for the animals. It was biopantheism that, that led me to it because it was it's such an all-encompassing, universal, um, spiritual uh, uh, concept. You know, like it had to be something greater, something more. You know, cause I've loved animals my whole life. Um, it was probably a combination. It was probably, uh, you know, an amalgamation of things. It was the exposure to the footage. It was my, my role. It, as, yeah, and, the, as, as and the main thing is we, was all those is, things is we need to concentrate all of that, all of the elements uh, that made us go vegan that like, and if all those could be put together in some awesome package, then it's like the super ultra mega vegan movement. Like, well, it, well, it is. It, it already is. Uh, it's just not as widely known. But you know, you know what I'm going to say. I mean, it already exists. Um, uh, the last thing I want to say was health was never a factor for me. Like I never – it had nothing to do with health. Um, but, you know, uh, like, like to be fair, um, it's, it's part of what keeps me vegan. I was at the grocery store last night. I was, I was shopping and um, I'm o I always have it in my mind. I should be eating more fruits and vegetables. Like well, no matter what I'm eating, I see the stacks and stacks of tuna. I see the, the death aisle. I see all the, the, the hams. Oh, I see all the leftover turkeys from, from the holidays, all the leftover turkeys in the freezer and the Cornish hens and the sausages and the meat and all, all the stuff in the, the deli counter and whatever. Um, and I just tell myself and I'm just like, I'm shopping. I got to buy some, some good stuff. 
And I'm like, there's all this. And I'm like, there's all these options. There's all for other people. There's, there's all these different things that they, they have to choose from, you know, like, is it restrictive? Is it restrictive to, to, to make, to try to funnel people into just eating, to limiting themselves to this? And I'm like, no, because the truth is biologically, physiologically, we're not designed to, to process this stuff. This is, this is not food. Like, like we are designed to eat fruits and vegetables. Um, you know, uh, fruits and vegetables, legumes, uh, you know, tuber vegetables, um, uh, seeds, nuts and seeds and dried fruit and stuff. That's food. And then of course we, we create yeah. bread out I of will- grain, stuff. but too much bread is, is, is bad for you. You know, it's fruits and vegetables. We should always be eating more fruits and vegetables. That's what keeps me is I tell myself, um, for my body, for my health, respecting my own divine, um, being, I, I need to be consuming what is, what is, uh, you know, what, what's going to allow me to thrive. What, what my, what my system does, does best on, which is whole fruits and vegetables. Yeah. And, you know, there's something to be said for restrictions um, because a lot of people value freedom of choice and all this crap that I hate, you know. But um, here's something I find the very fact that I don't eat any of the animal products means that since that limits my food choices, that means it's easier to decide. Because I don't have to worry, let's see, am I going to eat an animal or am I going to eat a plant? It's like, oh, now it's down to, oh, which of these plants am I going to eat? It's, 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 re- it's restricted, and I have to think less. It takes less mental energy. So you I've, know? I've, I love that. I've talked about this a lot, that actually going <laughs> vegan is so much easier in some ways because as a little kid growing up, you're like um, – they tell you know eat all your eat all your vegetables. Make sure you get enough you know vegetables on your plate and whatever. I don't have to think about it anymore because everything I'm eating is vegetables. Like I don't have to I, like literally going to the grocery store. It is easier because I just go to the produce section. I go to the produce section. I get everything I need. All my staple stuff there: corn, rice, potatoes, um, uh, you know, uh, fruits, vegetables, whatever. And then I go and I get like bread and I get maybe some pasta, some pasta sauce, um, like a few things, some juice, um, and that's it. Like like it's it's so much easier it takes less time you know and and you you put less thought into it honestly like and when i eat it's it's so much easier i I just eat all the sides all the the vegetable sides that i used to eat with with a meal i'll just eat more of those sides and i just i just put it all together um sometimes i do the meat alternatives you know um and i and i always i'll have mono meals where i'll just eat a bunch of fruit i'll just eat watermelon i'll just eat a bunch of bananas a bunch of oranges i'll I'll mix a bunch of you know grapes and whatever papaya um you know uh uh drawing a blank uh kiwi um you know like like anything i I need to eat more cherries actually cherries um i guess because they're out of season but cherries are really good but cherries strawberries bananas oranges apples grapes pears um, you know, just have you ever eaten a grapefruit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I grew up eating grapefruit, like um, ruby red grapefruit. I used to put, I used to cut them in half and then cut out the little sections and scoop them out, put a little like sugar on top. Um, yeah. I don't really care for sour stuff as much anymore. Um, so I don't eat grapefruit as much. But yeah, there's pomelos and there's just so many. Um, yeah. The point I was trying to make was, yeah, it's easier because we don't have to think about it so much. Yeah. We don't have to think about the 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 ingredients of stuff. Um. It's, it's much more simple. And then I, I just always have it in my head, uh, whatever I'm eating, I should have more fruit. There should always just be more fruit, more fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's simple, 
Um, and I don't think it's restrictive at all. And actually you end up becoming more creative with, um, with mm-hmm. the meals and how you put it together and, and, and you come up with ways to season and cook um, sort of like traditional meals uh, in the same way, but using uh, vegetable substitutes, you can make eggplant bacon. I mean, there's just so many, so many amazing things. Um, I, I would yeah. like to even explore it further, but I, I'm, I'm pretty basic. I'm, I'm pretty simple in my, in my eating. Like I, I just keep it, yeah. keep it simple. And you know, here's an interesting thing too. For example, now you may not get this, but Jamie Soden is going to love this. Um, I'm going to compare it to Minecraft again. Okay. So remember there's two modes in Minecraft. There's, there's, survival mode the original where you have to collect all all your resources like you have to cut down your own trees if you want to build things out of wood and that sort of thing and then there's creative mode where you have access to unlimited supply of all the blocks in the game but here's the thing even though creative mode has more options people still play in survival mode because they like the challenge. They like the feeling of working their way up and making progress and having earned, you know, their, their stuff. So there's a lot of people who like that. And so there's something to be said, especially for video game people out there. There's something to be said about living under restrictions and rules. I mean, that's like saying like people who don't like restrictions wouldn't be good at chess because, yeah, you're restricting yourself to the rules of chess, you know, uh, moving the pieces how the game is meant to be played, you know. Yeah, and so I feel like I you're like making like a really powerful, really powerful metaphor here. You're saying this is how people are, yeah, um, yeah, and their, and their choices and, and their yeah. choices and their decisions and stuff. Yeah, the people uh, are very ironically they they thrive under restrictions, and that's why there are rules to these games and to other things. I mean, because if there are is no rules and you just do whatever without any restrictions whatsoever, then it's almost like a blob instead of a polygon. You know, Let, let's say let's, let's let's not call it restrictions. Let's just say like challenges. Um, a little bit of resistance is good. It, it stretches and it pulls you, and it causes you to uh, to work harder. I mean, if you if you don't have any exercise, your, mus- your muscles um, atrophy. You know, it's it's the same thing with your mind. It's the same thing with anything in life. Um, there needs to be a, a level of of challenge and um, and almost novelty. You know, to it to exploring to conquering the mountain. What's on the other side? What's what's you know, above on that hill, like that, that's just human nature to explore, um, to advance, you know, to, to grow, to, to, to strengthen, um, to evolve. Uh, that's what life does. So that's, that's part of it. Sure. Yeah. Um, I just yeah, wish people, things were yeah. more in balance. Uh, so there was, um, less disparity and, and stratification among humans and other non-human animals and among humans, you know, um, people in positions of power, people who have and people who have not, the haves and have-nots. Um, there, there's, there's no, there's no equality in nature. There's some equality in human societies, but uh, the the focus and emphasis is is not nearly as much as it should be on on ethics and morality and on um, on on behavior. Uh, way too much focus on. Um, individuality and and you know the idea of self-preservation and we're just so out of whack or so out of balance like self-preservation while at the same time dominating and exploiting and, and manipulating every other life form um like we are we're already at the top i mean our biological form 
has allowed us to, to be the most successful species on the planet. And, and yet we're still acting like we're living in the middle ages and we're still, that was, that was a point I was going to make. Um, I thought about yesterday, actually, there, there is a, a very strong emotional association with tradition, with nostalgia, um, with like a hearkening back to a more rustic, you know, um, uh, you know, days past, like, like the idea of, um, of doing things that are old fashioned, that are, that are sort of, um, traditional and, and that causes, uh, you know, a, a lot of harm, a lot of unethical behavior because, well, I hunt and I fish and I, I grow my own food and I do it the way they used to do in the old, in the old days. And, you know, I, um, you know, everything, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not big on all this stuff and all that. There's an aversion to, listen, they're not big on all this stuff. The, the idea of uh, advancements in, in um, processed foods and things like that. And that's good. But at the same time, they're, they're living like, like a, like a, a pagan peasant in the, in the middle ages. And it makes no sense that like, we, we don't have to live this way anymore, but there is an emotional connection to the past is what I'm trying to say. And yeah. that uh, causes people to continue to perpetuate abuse and cruelty toward animals because Peter, Peter does this all the time. He makes appeals to history and he just says, well, that the, the processing of cheese is a, is a, what the hell does he say? It's a, it's a, it's a cultural sacrament to make beer and to, and to eat cheese and to have good wine. He's like Epicurean. You know, he wants to, to enjoy the finer things and he wants to, he feels this connection to the past and this, this human heritage of, of um, animal husbandry and, and, you know, uh, animal agriculture, you know, has been a staple. It's been a part of our, of our evolution of our existence for so long. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, wake the fuck up. Like, like look around you like like no one gives a shit about this stuff what you're talking about is a select few who are who are nostalgic who 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 want to um sort of regress and and but that that doesn't exist and 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 these kind of you know humanely raised certified gm you know non-gmo organic um uh you know free range grass-fed blah 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 that's literally like one percent of of where the the meat eggs and dairy come from like that's not the norm the the norm what's proliferating right now is is the factory farms and the industrialization and the enslavement of billions of animals which you're supposedly against so you're you're in a dream world he's he's living in a fantasy world um talking about this, this ideal time in the past that we can try to recreate now and i'm like go join the hippie community and and the pagan groups and stuff like that 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 you know are are the, the reconstructionalists, reconstructionalists, they're trying to, to mimic, uh, you know, what life was like, um, you know, in, in antiquity and in, in ages past, it doesn't exist anymore, man. Like work with the technology that you have now work with the, the resources and the knowledge and the education that you have now. Remember the difference between pantheism, biopantheism and biosophy is that biopan says, let's start from the, from where we are right now. We're not looking to the past we are starting from everything we know using the advancements in technology, using our education level and, 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 uh, you know, the, the, the level of, um, the, the level of intelligence and, and, and ethical, um, you know, the value system that we have now, it's, it's not, it's not going to the past. It's not over idealizing. It's just working from what we got right now. And, and there's so many other belief systems and philosophies that that go in different directions and i'm like saying just be practical just what is applicable to modern human life 
Anyway, yeah, it's very, it's very bizarre, the idea that people try to use history, something that happened way back in the past, to justify something going on now anyway. And here's what's weird about it. Somebody tried to tell me, uh, well, probably many people say this, but people try to say that the human brain uh, developed because uh, our, an- our primate ancestors started eating meat. And yeah. that somehow made us smarter. And I'm like, what? It's absolutely false, but I won't interrupt you, but I'll tell you after why it's false. And well, Go ahead. Yeah, but it's, it's, just very, it's very bizarre, and I'm like, wait a minute. The fact that we are killing other, other beings uh, and not following the golden rule, it, it shows me that we are not smarter. <laughs> you know? even, even if – entertain the notion for, for a millisecond. Even if um, eating meat, consuming meat allowed our brains to grow, completely false, but allowed our brains to grow and allowed us to advance and evolve and, and whatever, so what? So what? Uh, slavery. This country was founded on slavery. Should we go back and own slaves again? Um, like, like progress throughout history has been made through unethical means. That doesn't mean that that knowing what we know now, we should ever um, regress and go back to that to that lifestyle or, or that behavior. Um, so, so what? So what does that mean? I mean, my great yeah. great 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 ancestors probably raped and abused and owned slaves and go all the way back to the to the to the mole-like shrews that crawled out of the um, Triassic period that ended up evolving to become the dog-like creatures that ended up evolving to become um, the, the primates that took to the trees that ended up evolving to become the hominids that became humans. Um, they ate shit and they ate um, you know um, garbage and stuff that was on the ground. So does that mean I should be a scavenger and I should be a necrovore and eat, eat dead things, eat um, dead bodies and, 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 and it's, it's, graveyards? It makes no sense. Appeals to history make no sense whatsoever. Absolutely, because what that basically means is if if appeals to history were something that we accepted, then that means anything that anybody's ancestors did in any any time in the past, it's okay to do that now, what they did. (laughs) Thank you for for simplifying. I'm sure my my rants are way too – discombobulated then they need you know, much more convoluted well, my rants need are, to well Papa, my rants are to the point because i'm not yeah. as complex as you well, let me let me <laughs> it's hard to get just the thoughts that are in my brain out and articulate into words i, I hate language um let, let, let me make the biological point here though okay it was not um meat eating or protein that allowed our brains to grow our brains are fueled by glucose by by sugars derived from carbohydrates like it's only the sugars um fr- fructose what comes from fruit what comes from vegetables that 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 fuels our body protein is is not this this dramatic essential thing like most people have have you know they are um they're over consuming uh too much protein and it's leading to all of these degenerative diseases um, so it's it's not about protein. That's another myth uh, created and established and perpetuated um, by the, the meat egg and dairy industry that, that we need so much protein. I think there's something yeah. like 20% or something. We, we don't even need um, – it, it's it's the carbs that, that, that actually fuel our bodies, and it's the, the natural sugars that helped our brains grow. And this has been scientifically documented and proven, uh, even the, that our ancestors were not these like hunter-gatherers um, that, that we always – traditionally think of they they um 
they relied much more on, on vegetation and on gathering uh, nuts and seeds and berries and things like that. And they, they did hunt uh, when there was no vegetation. And so it's just, it's just a carryover. And, and but it's, it was not as, as significant a part of their lifestyle, their diet as we have romanticized and, and as we, you know, as we traditionally think. And, you know, here's another thing. Um, here, here's another reason uh, back to the health topic, actually, Part of the reason I don't find the health argument to be very convincing to get people to eat plants um, is partly because there's so much misinformation that when people are discussing health and trying to learn what's healthy or not, who do they believe? Right. Because you know what most people do? They just believe somebody who has a degree, some registered dietitian, some person who has some degree in nutrition and think, well, they got the degree. So what they say must be all true, right? That's they what most people the, do. They listen to their doctors and they listen to popular opinion. A, 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 you know, classical um, conventional medicine is, is just pushing pharmaceuticals and, and doctors nowadays only receive what seven hours total of, of training in, in nutrition. So honestly, they, they don't know. They, they only know how to, how to treat symptoms, um, you know, perform surgeries. And, and literally it's, it's doctors are one of the leading cause of death in America is botched surgeries and, and misdiagnoses and things like that. So um, the, the misinformation is definitely an obstacle, a, a huge challenge um, uh, because we don't have uh, – vegans don't have the authority. We're not in lab coats. We don't, we don't have – you know, uh, official sounding names and titles and stuff like that. But there is this movement of more and more plant-based um, physicians and, and uh, health experts who are coming out and who are saying the optimal amount of meat in the human diet is absolutely zero, that we that we don't need to be consuming this stuff, that it's toxic, it's poisonous yeah. to our bodies, it's poisoning the environment. Um, it's absolutely a throwback to an earlier age um, and, and I, I would probably even venture so far as to say that meat, eggs, and dairy in ancient times was not as detrimental to our health. Definitely not as detrimental to the environment because there wasn't this systematic breeding of animals as there are now in industrialized, right. industrialized factory farms. But it was not as bad for our health. You know, milk going out and milking the goat and, and um, you know, to a person who's probably nutrient deficient is not getting – that doesn't have the wide variety of – access to fruits and vegetables as we do now um, could probably benefit from that, from that yeah. uh, from the saturated fats from the fat and the cholesterol yeah. that's, that's in there. And see, um, while it may have been true that people in times past didn't have access to plants where they were living. So that, so killing animals was the only way for them to get any food. The fact is we are not in that situation. We have the option of eating all plants. So we, we don't need to do that just because our ancestors did. So, so what we're dealing with is, do they want to eat plants? Do they, do they just want? Do they do they want to stop eating meat? And that's the real problem: is palate pleasure and and what's convenient, what's affordable. I mean, let, let me be clear about this. Um, let's say this very carefully. It is it is more expensive to eat healthy. Um, it is it is cheaper to eat crap, to eat fast food, to eat stuff that's just readily available everywhere. It's much cheaper. It's much easier. Um, but vegan food in and of itself is not more expensive. Maybe meat meat alternatives um, can, can can become expensive, but vegan food itself, vegan food is fruits, vegetables, yeah. pasta, rice and beans, um, you know, soy products, legumes, uh, nuts and seeds, dried fruit. Um, 
that's that's yeah. what's vegan. So that the cheapest foods on, on earth on on the planet, uh, you know, in, in poor countries, they studies have shown the China study and other and other studies have shown that um when they are consuming uh, a plant based diet, essentially, you know, uh, less meat, less animal products, um, they're they're living longer, they're thriving, they have less um you know, uh, debilitating diseases. And then when you introduce a Western diet, um, their, their health declines and everything goes to shit because they're, they're, they're eating all this crap that we're not really meant to eat. So I mean, anyway, the cheapest oh, yeah. foods on the planet are, are, are vegan, but of course it can be intimidating because the, they're talking about the alternatives. People don't have a con they don't even understand. They don't have a concept of what vegan is. First of all, we have to first make it clear. It's no animal products. And that doesn't mean you're limited in your food choices that the, yeah. they think, well, everything has animal products in it. So what the hell am I going to eat? I mean, they'll honestly, earnestly, what the table's shaking there. <laughs> I'm excited. They're earnestly saying to us, well, I don't know what to eat. I mean, everything has, and this is true. Everything has, seems to have meat, milk, eggs, and dairy in it. Um, so what the hell do we eat? So it's overwhelming at first. And then all you gotta do is say the produce department, See that, yeah. that produce department that you probably avoid? See all those raw fruits and vegetables there? Yeah. Um, that's this, that's yeah. your staple diet. That's where that's what you eat. And you take that stuff and then you add all these seasonings and spices and sauces and all these things and you cook them and prepare them in certain ways and you have like a myriad of of, of um you know of options. You have you have a huge variety of of uh of things to eat and, uh, and, and things you can mix and match and put yeah. together and all depends and, and on how you, you know something it, else. You and, it. Yeah. So there's the thing is, yeah, this, this was WSD's confusion. Cause you may remember a long time ago, like he thought it was expensive to be, to eat vegan. And he, yeah. he's, he was probably only thinking about like the vegan alternative meats or whatever, but it's yeah. like, and surely a grocery store anywhere has got to have a produce department. You would think, right? If so you live in civilized society, you have access to, to the produce department of your grocery store, yes. And if you don't know how to cook, that's another thing. You have to learn how to cook, how to prepare things. So that, that may be that may be an obstacle. That may be a challenge, more difficult for people who are used to eating um, a shitty Western diet of you know high-fat, high-cholesterol foods that are fried and, and yeah. easy and quick well, to pick up. And beyond that. A lot of people are 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 either they either don't have time or they just really don't feel like cooking. Yeah. And the funny thing is that you can eat fruits and vegetables raw. You could there's all kinds of things you can eat without cooking. And it's like you know nuts are like the one of the ultimate snacks. Like all kind any oh, yeah. kind of nut. Talking about is, protein, you're trying to you're trying to find your protein. You eat a handful of almonds. I just bought a bunch of macadamia nuts. It doesn't time. take very uh, nut, much to feel full. No, nut, yeah. nuts can be expensive. Um, sometimes you get mixed nuts or whatever. They're always better raw, not not cooked, roasted. Um, but that's protein, straight protein, man. That's that's just as much protein as, as a steak. And, and so, I'll um, tell you what's cheap is beans. Like seriously, yeah, yeah. there's so many ways. I mean, if somebody wants to cook their own beans, then yeah, you can. In fact, my mom does that quite frequently frequently and i'm grateful for that but then it's also possible to buy all the different canned beans which you know yeah. already prepared they're already cooked and they're cheap yeah I bought, a can, I bought a can of northern beans i like those the white ones and i just put a little salt and uh fresh parsley on it some sea salt and parsley it's super good if you if you're low on energy but uh, but it's like it's almost been 
it's been stigmatized and sort of um, looked down upon. It's like, oh, you're eating a can of beans. You must be poor. You know? Oh, you're- well, that's why. <laughs> that is why I buy my cans of beans. But I, I get it. This has to do with human psychology, cultural tradition and conditioning that like the affluent, the rich and the wealthy, oh, prepare the fattened calf. Let's, let's have the pig. Let's eat the meat. Let's have the, you know, the land of milk and honey. It was, you know, in the Jewish tradition was considered um, a plentiful, fruitful land of abundance. The idea of um, if you have animals, uh, you know, to kill, to eat, then, then you're doing well, you're well off. If you don't, then, then you're poor. Um, you're, you're down and out. So that's it's been reversed because you know the uh, the rich in ages past would indulge in this stuff, and so it's been associated with um with with being healthy and wealthy and and, and whatever. And it's the exact opposite. Is um yeah. And you know what's interesting? So now, much of this is psychology. So much psychology yeah. involved. Well, you know what's interesting? Now I was reading this one book. Um, I probably about halfway through it or whatever. It's called The Veganist. Um, you might might have heard of this book. And the thing is, it cover it mostly talks about health. It does talk about ethics some, but so far everything I read is mostly about health. And it also talks about how you save money eating vegan and all the best cheap vegan foods too, you know. Well, so I mean, but I, I it does get me thinking that perhaps financial reasons are a good reason to go vegan because you can eat cheaper that way than trying to eat all the meat and dairy. Yeah. And th- that should be, that angle should be promoted more during outreach and when we do activism and stuff. I mean, there, there, there are some things I've thought of that are just like, I'm, I'm always, you know, pr- trying to push the boundaries and trying to, trying to stretch and trying to um, go beyond, you know, the, the mundane, the status quo. So even in, as a vegan activist, I'm like, okay, l- let's, let's just address uh, consuming milk. Why adults, why the hell are, are, do we think that we should still be breastfeeding on into our twenties and thirties and, and on throughout life? Like why? Like let, if we could just get rid of that one, you know, uh, a fallacious concept that, that we need uh, milk for calcium, that we, that we should, that we should be drinking anybody's milk. If it was, if it was, you know, a gallon of, of human milk, it seems gross, right? Like, like there's women, it was in, it was in the movies in, um, um, uh, Mad Max in the, in the, um, the new Mad Max movie, but they're, they're milking these, these large fat women are like hooked up to, um, you know, uh, breast milking machines and that's the milk they drink. They don't have animals. So they drink human milk and it's called mother's milk. And, and you see, it and you're just like, Oh, you're, you're instantly like turned off, but it's like, that would be more natural than drinking milk from another species. Okay. And that's gross to us. Doesn't that yeah. tell you how us backwards it is? What we what we do? Animals that live in their own piss and shit have uh, mastitis and have all these these sores, and there's blood and pus in that milk, and it's pumped full of uh, growth hormones and antibiotics uh, just to kill all the bacteria. We're drinking that, thinking it's healthy, and yet we think that uh, human breast milk is is gross. Oh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't drink from a. I mean, maybe some kinky in some kinky circles, they're all about it. You know, lactating females and yeah. They're into that. Some, and you know what? Okay. And but, but nobody does it. Nobody does it regularly. And I'm saying that will be more natural, more normal. But we know that it's not normal because we're adults. We don't drink breast milk on into adulthood. So why do we drink cow's breast milk? Just and you know what's really, really hilarious? Yeah. Okay. Here's what's really hilarious. Every once in a while – You'll you'll find something where somebody's upset about some woman who's breastfeeding her baby in public. 
And I'm like, you're disgusted by that. Why are you so disgusted by that? But you're not disgusted to be drinking cow's uh, milk. Uh, while from they're a drinking bottle. their milkshake. They're drinking their milkshake and they're eating their cheeseburger. <laughs> you know, and and, the, and then the women are drink are eating yogurt, um, and and kids are eating ice cream. But you're grossed out by a human drinking the the, the milk that's intended for for their baby. You know, for their for another human. So so two points. Why we don't need to be drinking breast milk beyond the beyond um the the point where we're weaned as children. Um, we don't need to be drinking it at all, and we don't need to be definitely don't need to be drinking it from other species. Okay, so then to counter those two uh, cultural myths or uh, uh, cultural habits or practices, um. Because it's calcium, they think it's it's for calcium, it's for vitamins, minerals, vitamin D, whatever. Um, let's say we get calcium from vegetables, same place that the cows get it from once they're weaned, um, and and it, and it's gross and unhealthy, and 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 it's it's unethical because as as unethical as or, or weird or perverse as it would be to see me drinking from a grown woman's breasts, um. I keep going back to unless it's consensual and like we're into that and she, but as regularly drinking it for health and for nutrition, it would seem odd, right? Um, it's the same thing of, of consuming any form of dairy. So we have to just dismantle and deconstruct, um, you know, the current, uh, mindset, which is, which is ass backwards. There's no other way to put it. And I didn't want, I didn't really go off on all that, but there was another thing. Uh, about things we don't think about that we need to um in activism that we never bring up that would that would that would really be much more helpful and expedient um if we could focus on and we never do and I'm trying to think of what it was but keep talking and it'll come to me there's there's yeah. a few other things I've been thinking about that um that that hit me that I'm like why don't we ever say this why don't we ever just focus on that angle on that aspect um, oh I know and, and kind of shake you know wake people up. And see, the thoughts, they come and go way too fast. It's really hard when you have a thought. It's really hard to keep that thought, which is why sometimes, like, when I'm able to, I just record a short video if I have the time. Otherwise, I'll just have to write a quick post, something, because I will forget. My memory is terrible, man. But, yeah, I mean, see, this has been a really good talk because we have been covering – so many interesting aspects. We've covered a lot of arguments people try to make when they defend their carnism and why it doesn't make sense. And the appeal to tradition is a very bizarre one. And then how people, yeah, they they act like something is different, grossed out by one thing um, or are morally outraged by one thing while doing another thing that's identical. And it shows the inconsistency of people, you know, and uh yeah. Uh, so, okay. So let's, I'm kind of getting the vibe that you want to wrap it up. So let's, um, let's make it a point, our next podcast to be about, about activism, about, uh, vegan animal rights and vegan activism and how we communicate with the public and, and overcoming and circumnavigating all of these excuses and justifications. And, and I'll, I'll try and remember, um, you know, what those other, those other aspects, those other angles, angles were. Because I, I just feel like there are there are ways, you know, um, that we could be more effective that that are, that are not being explored. 
Um, because yeah. we just end up, we end up having the same conversations over and over and over. And I, I just, I know there's got to be a more effective, efficient way to do it. Yeah, definitely. And see, here's the thing there. I mean, there's the big three, the big three uh, methods that people use to, to convert people to veganism. Basically, of course, is the ethics for the animals most important to me anyway. Then there's the health aspect of it. Which, while not as important, I, I think Gaius may be honest. I think it might be more effective for a certain group of people. And then there's the environmental aspect of people who don't care at all about the animals or their own health, but at the same time they care about the whole ecosystem as a whole or whatever weirdness. So they don't they want they don't want to contribute to climate change, which is a little bizarre. But those people are probably out there. And, but if we can come up with New ways, like instead of just using the main big three uh, ways, there's got to be more ways that we can find. We may in our lifetime discover a brand new argument, a new line of reasoning that will convince people where the other three may fail. Yeah, and I just want to say real quick that to be an environmentalist and still consume meat, eggs, and dairy makes absolutely no sense. And you can't say that you care about the environment the environment, the ecosystem is made up of life forms. It's made up of living organisms. So how can you care about an environment and not care about the animals who inhabit it? It makes no sense. Yeah. I think that's bizarre too. Like, cause yeah, the, cause the environmental aspect caring about what happens to all the animals on the planet only makes sense if you care about the individual animal enough to not kill it. <laughs> Sanctimonious, virtue signaling, you know, progressive liberal uh, social justice warriors that care about all this shit just because they need they're supposed to care about something because they feel guilty because they're white privilege. Um, yeah. this, is what, this is what I deal with. And I'm like, just get things in focus, man. Like we, we care about the individuals and we care about the collective whole because the collective whole yeah. is made up of individuals. Okay, and here's another problem um, like that, that has bothered me because, you know, I work at a grocery store and I have to get people either paper. I always have to ask them if they want paper or plastic. And, you know, myself, I use my own bags that I bought, my box bags. Um, but other people, they've got their different belief systems about paper or plastic. Now, some of them don't even care what their stuff is in and they tell me. Other people, they don't, they want paper because they – because plastic is hard to recycle and plastic is polluting the environment. Yeah. And they're, 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 they're plastic, plastic Nazis. I mean, they're like, you have plastic and they're like, you use plastic water bottles. What are you thinking? And I, and I agree. I mean, it's, it, it never, it never degrades. Um, we need to use biodegradable stuff. And I, but I recycle everything that I use, you know, I, yeah. I so I don't know, but, it, but some people are, it's really stuck in their heads. Like, like and plastic, then on the other hand, yeah, guess plastic what? is evil. Yeah, but then on the other hand, there are the people who are just the opposite and insist on having plastic because they don't want trees to be cut down for paper. <laughs> it's like, like okay, so people they can't they can't even agree on what's the environmental approach anyway. Let's know? just say people are people are trying to do good, but they're confused. Let's yeah, put that basically, way. Um, because because our society is very confusing and paradoxical and. And our, our society is very contradictory. Everything we do is in contradiction um, to natural law. So, like, yeah. if, we, if we followed natural law from the beginning, we'd be living like the elves, like in an ergonomic, you know, sustainable perma permaculture, um, 
way, like 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 utilizing um, all the, the the clean green technologies and stuff instead of you know dominating and exploiting and 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 um, manipulating uh, the, the environments yeah. and and we, we would we would be treating the earth and all living systems with love and respect and care and concern. And, and living in cohesion and, and in, in symbiosis with our, our natural environments instead of constantly, you know, fighting against it and, and exploiting every natural resource for our own, you know, selfish means. And see, here's the thing. Now, people have accused us of being sanctimonious and, ha- and pretending that we have moral high ground or, or whatever, all this weird stuff people say to us. And, and here's the thing is – we know people are just all doing the best that they can, trying to be good people with the knowledge they have. And that, and well, not everybody, the point but, is yeah. none of us have <laughs> access to all the information. There's probably some areas where even you and I are missing it, you know. And, and, but you know what? I would say, I would say my personal – my own personal flaw is – is how I lose patience with the people who annoy me who are usually the cards to make these dumb arguments. <laughs> that's yeah, so, so that's a so that's a great topic to to address. That's a great topic we should um we should definitely explore in the next uh, podcast is how we speak to people um the most effective, most efficient, um most um m- most meaningful and practical ways uh to to influence and and educate the public. Uh, it's it's really important. Yeah, we'll have to do that in the future. But yeah, we we should end this one. We've been talking over two hours, and I need to eat my sandwiches. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. Um, definitely. Uh, it was good. Um, I can always we can always like vent and go off and. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I like that because it, yeah. it's it's therapeutic. You know, I I have to hear so much bullshit the rest of the time that it's just good for us to rant and just point out how ridiculous people are and the things they say. I like that. Yeah, man. So, yeah. I'm, I'm glad I can be a beacon of of, of uh, relevant truth for you that you can, um, you know, yeah. relate, relate to. <clears throat> yeah, so that's good. So anyway, we want to make sure we end the episode right this time because we've had the problem where you, you've been saying something and then it gets cut off. <laughs> he always cut me off. So yeah. the signal, remember yeah. the signal? I'll just I'll give you the signal. Okay. So ra- wrap right. it up and uh, and and we'll we'll talk a little bit after. And thanks thanks for the opportunity. And uh, yeah, it was good. Um, hopefully, Peter will, will listen and and he won't get too pissed off about it. <laughs> but um, okay, thanks, so, yeah. Chandler. Yeah, thank you, Papa, for joining me for this wonderful talk. And I hope somebody's learned something. And if not, that at least had a good laugh as we pointed out all of these ridiculous things. It, I, I I've been quite entertained by it. So anyway, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna go now. So goodbye, everybody.